hello and welcome for the last time in this series to Nehru's Wisdom, the Breath of the Wild season, series, saga. I'm your host, Luke, and with me, I have Dylan, Ange, and Wendy for one last big hoorah. Hello. Hi. Good morning. I'm eating eating really crunchy cereal. Oh, God, please. I I deliberately found the crunchiest cereal I could find for the podcast. And today we are going into the depths of the belly of the beast. And we will be talking about Hyrule Castle, the fight with Calamity Ganon, and finally wrap up Breath of the Wild once and for all. Is everyone here ready? You guys have your notes, your little things? Yeah, we're going to beat up that big old pig today. (laughs) First... First thing I want to say as we as we talk about Hyrule Castle, <clears throat> where's my where's my cough? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Hyrule Castle, est omnis duisa tria partes. You know what I'm saying? I got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, or partes trays. Sorry, partes trays. Hyrule Castle is divided into three parts. Exactly. And we can see those three parts as Hyrule Castle Town and like Hyrule Castle being like the centerpiece. And then to the left, we have the Hyrule Castle Prison, which is separate from the lockup within Hyrule Castle, by the way. And then on the right side, we have the cathedral and the the Hyrule Forest Park, which is pretty lame considering the lost woods is directly behind it that forest is pretty small and feeble anyway so just talking about this talking about the outside areas before we go in to hyrule castle uh yesterday i streamed and had dylan with me just taking on the whole area and we took down took down some notes so this part there's not much not much I want to talk about the big the big three parts. You know, I did walk around for a bit looking for anything. I just thought it was interesting uh, the, that the broken fountain in the middle of Hyrule Castle. There's a lot of this three birds imagery, and you even see like these golden birds more so in uh, like on Hyrule Castle, like resembling gargoyles. I don't know what the term is for that, Dylan. If you know, apotropaic statues. Thank you. Apotropaic. Meaning what? Apo, apo you should trefo. know that. Apo you know trefo. Greek apotrepho. Yep. Is that what it is? Yep. Turning away. Oh. Oh. They, they're statues. I mean, this, this has... Uh, I mean, on castles and stuff, it's kind of... It's always been... Castles, temples, it's always been kind of... Um, a uh, standard in Western architecture since like classical Greek times, I would say. Actually, no, archaic Greek times. Ooh. But basically, you have these statues that are kind of like turning away like bad spirits and bad vibes. And I have no idea how popular this is in Japanese architecture, but I'm pretty sure it has some some base in the decoration. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the castle they probably have those giant birds all over the place as like apotropaic statues um what they're turning away or what they're designed to scare is kind of a different thing like i that's a different question 
it's probably it's a bit ironic they didn't do their job and the Ganon they were trying to turn away. Well, maybe they're not even to turn away Ganon. Maybe they're just trying to turn away standard <laughs> regular people because you know how Rome is. Yeah, Rome is a bad guy. Um, if but yeah, could, no, it, I, I, thought, I, I was wondering you, what those were. If the we birds. could not convince you that Rome was a bad guy, I have – I have some we evidence in this episode that, <laughs> that that's my last hope. We failed. That's the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> this is just one one long slow burn. <laughs> Welcome to the King Rome Bosporamus Gaslight Hyrule Slander Podcast. Yeah, basically. <laughs> this this is just one big ploy to get everybody in the world to hate to hate Rome. <laughs> No, but I was also wondering the same thing. The three birds, because I, I thought they were they might be a reference to Skyward Sword. Me too, and I think maybe it is in some ways, um, because you know the 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 loft wings the loft wings are are a huge part of Skyward Sword. Like Link has a loft wing, Zelda has a loft wing, Groose has a loft wing. But there's not really a significant three unless maybe Zelda, Link, and Groose's loft wings. But I know at the end, Zelda and Link's loft wings fly away together. There's not like I, – I've never understood the – I don't get – there's no – to my knowledge, and you know, someone more diligent can email us to correct us. But to my knowledge – I, I don't know a significance of three birds per se. Um, however, you know, the golden goddesses, that's that's like the three, the Triforce. That's always been the three of Zelda. That's, that's the big three. But I don't know about the goddesses as birds. So that's, that's what I was curious about. The goddesses as birds or bird-like, even in their most famous depiction they are golden you know the ocarina of time the weird little alien statues with the pointy heads flying to the heavens but the bird imagery is a bit uh is where I'm, i get lost however i know hylia from skyward sword is is depicted with wings so i wonder if it's you know you know how romans would see some would you know go go to some place and be like, hey, this god kind of resembles our god, and they just make like a a collab. That's what this kind of feels like. Oh, maybe mm. feels like a mashup of the golden goddesses and Hylia. That's where I can see the bird imagery and the three and the goldenness being from. I know Hylia is not as powerful as the golden goddesses because those are creation deities versus a god, but not in the Western sense because Hylia does die to reincarnate as Skyward Sword Zelda. So you just gotta be you gotta be loose with it. Don't hold it to such a strict interpretation. But that's yeah a, that's a fun thing to mention. Yeah, it's kinda it's kinda difficult to to judge these kind of things because to a certain extent there's just you know I mean and this is always the difficulty that you have interpreting video games anthropologically or archaeologically. Yeah. Is that which is what I've wanted to do for years, and I never do it. But, but what I, but one of the difficulties you always run up against is that overbearing feeling that like this is just there because some designer thought it looked cool. Mm-hmm. And you just but gotta, like 
And you just got to have good faith that, like, there's a greater intention. Yeah. And even, and even if there's not, you know, word works works of art. Don't have to be for go, a purpose. Yeah, they go beyond themselves. Sometimes they didn't intend it to be as intense as sometimes. We take it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how art is. Um, yeah, and especially, I mean, this game is one of those games that you can kind of trust that there is usually something behind it. Because mm-hmm. there's so much attention to detail in this game. Every aspect of the game is like just it's almost like a, a little love letter or a strong reference to previous Zelda games. Yeah, like, and the, and, like the music, for example. Yeah, and and there is so much. Um, there's so much that you can go off to reference. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that you can, and there's so many people that worked on those games that are still working on these games that you can, you know. You can think like, okay, well, what do they know? What do they have in their heads? I mean, it's infinite. You can you can really pick at this all day, because at the end of the day, all you have is the end result. You don't know how it was made. That's true. That is very true. Unless, even, of course, you're a QA tester, but whatever. A QA tester. Even um, even pieces like the creating a champion, Hyrule, historian encyclopedia, they're not as you're not getting the biggest scoop that you think you're getting. It's good, but it's not. Um, you're not seeing. You don't see always the the complete start to finish process, or the 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 like the the developers rummaging in their mind, shooting ideas. You don't get to see all of that. They can only put so much in the book. But it's also a pretty good resource if you're looking for a little bit further development, or a little bit further insight on the development process. Anyway, then we have the Castle Town Prison, just to the left of Hyrule Castle, looking at the map. And this is interesting. It's a small little island. You have a there's a boat the top the top right or most right part of it. There's mm-hmm. a big rock formation with the stone town, one of the stone taluses that you have to beat to get the, the metal from Kilton. Additionally. If you have the DLC, you can get Tingle's clothes here, which is most likely just a reference to freeing Tingle from jail in Wind Waker. I don't know why you'd want those, but you can. They actually scare NPCs if you wear them. Like it's the same thing as wearing like the the Phantom Ganon Ganon armor. They will get they will get terrified of you. Yeah, but you lose some of your soul. <laughs> some of your soul. It scares you. I just want to know. Because look, it is a reference, but we can't just look at it a reference. Because if it was just a reference, and we only thought it was just a reference, no one would listen to this. So, I had to ask. The tingle of however long ago, assuming 100 years ago, was in jail? For what? How did he die? Because the entire foundations of the castle town prison are completely gone. And what did he do again? Because Tingle's an absolute delinquent. Exist. You know, exist. That's a good... That's, um, that's fair enough. That's I would, the, some, I would, something. I would have put Tingle in jail for you. Someone was like, that That shouldn't be allowed to walk free. Tingle's a 35-year-old man that wishes to be a fairy child. So it's a bit, uh, it's a bit suspicious. I can see how and when uh, certain people would run into problems with that, you know... Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm getting out of hand. There's also the Hyrule Cathedral, which is 
I like to think a little nod to Link to the Past, Link Between Worlds. Uh, I'm not sure if the music changes there. Oh, let's talk about the music. The Hyrule Castle music is amazing. It is a mix of, I think, like Ganon's theme, Zelda's lullaby. No. I'm not sure if it's a mix of Ganon's theme, Zelda's lullaby, and the Ballad of the Windfish. Now, I don't get where the Ballad of the Windfish fits into this, but I have um, have ideas. I have no idea. Zelda's lullaby can be heard once you enter the castle, right? It's like, I feel a lot more clear. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Let me search it up real quick. What because in... when I was playing, I heard, I for like, you know, I think like a little transition, you can hear Zelda's lullaby, and I was like, oh, okay. So I guess there's like a mix here going on. I mean, I guess it's also symbolic, right? Because Zelda is holding off, off on Ganon. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, the inside you can hear is Zelda's lullaby in addition to the classic Hyrule Castle theme. There's so much. The The music is so complex in this game. Like the well, because pieces, there's not a lot of it. They can afford to. They can, there's, well, so I mean, much, there's so much music in this game. There's a the, lot. But the main but pieces... There's not a lot of prominent music. Yeah. The main pieces are ridiculously complex. Anyway, the cathedral's a cool reference. There's not... There's not much there other than a Korok, I think. But, you know, Korok, Koroks, Koroks are worth it. You should always go back for a Korok. Now let's talk about Hyrule Castle. I tried my best yesterday, Dylan, Dylan's my witness, to go through almost nearly every single entrance or way of entering Hyrule Castle that wasn't using the Zora's armor or, or Volley Scale to just fly in. And I learned a lot. So the first the first part we'll start with is if you go from the Hyrule Castle prison, the boat I mentioned earlier, if you go in through the back, it will lead you one of two ways. You can go through the docks or the harbor, or you can go through the lockup. And the lockup is where you'll most likely want to go because that is where if you have not already gotten it, it is where the Hylian Shield resides and... On your way to the lockup, you will see a bunch of monsters and moblins, in addition to malice, locked up in these little prison cells. Some of which, you know, if you bomb, you can have access to the different walls or different um, holding cells. Then at the end, there's two hallways. One will take you to the water pump room, or one will take you to the test of the royal guard, in which it's just a classic circular, you know, Zelda arena dungeon room. And the door closes behind you, and the Stalnix rises from the ground. And you have to fight it. Once you defeat it, a chest pops up. And in the back, there's also a little, little tablet, a little stone tablet with an inscription that says, Strike down the giant foe to become recognized as a knight of the kingdom. And then you get the Highland Shield. This was the test of the Royal Guard. This is what the Royal Guard had to do in order to become a royal member of the Royal Guard. But... Dylan and I were talking about it's a bit it's a bit fucked up. It's a bit weird that they that there's a sect of the Hyrule Guard or Royal Court that goes and like kidnaps or takes in these like weird monsters just to like keep them locked up for the purposes of like a almost really sport, like this arbitrary this arbitrary 
uh, what's the what am I this this arbitrary this completely arbitrary test that's like test, ceremonial yeah test of your status it's a bit weird like yeah it's like you can't tell that the dude would be able to do it you have to have a hazing it. not even like a hazing I don't care about that I just think I like that if you look into it it's a it's a seemingly continuation of the theme that in previous Zelda games like for example Ocarina of Time in the Shadow Temple being filled with the monsters that like Hyrule Castle the Hyrule Royal family was doing like messing around with I like that there's a continuation of that motif and it's not just oh squeaky clean like purely innocent family I mean aside from like the Zelda the moms it's always the kings doing some weird fuck shit this is probably Rome's dirty little fetish god I hate that guy so, so I, I mean in in sympathy um there are a lot of different cultures that have different attitudes towards animals and especially monsters or mm-hmm. animals perceived as monsters i mean i know this is always my my go-to of like maybe they're trying to make something that's very uh believable and, and of course they are i mean it is i, be- I believe this for one second i just think it's it's the Hynix is something that's so big. And, we, and the Stonix, I'm assuming, is just the dead Hynix that was once chained up. Because if you look up, there are chains. So I don't know. Like, was was the Hynix just chained and you would take turns, like, stabbing at it? Did you have to fight it? Was this, like, a true test of your, you know, was this a true, a major test of your strength? But, I, and it seems, I, I don't even think the gatekeep is big enough for... Where the lockup is big enough to bring a Hynix in. How the fuck did they bring this in here? So if they didn't bring a Hynix in, the royal family, this shit must have been in here for so long. Then some member of the royal family discovers that in some way, during a blood moon, by some power, this monster wakes up at night. And well, Did the blood moon exist before 100 years ago? I don't think so. But, I don't think so. But now we know... At least we know now because of the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer that Ganondorf, the man, the Gerudo man, lies somewhere dormant beneath the ground, sealed by a mysterious hand, and that is the source of all the malice. So someone someone discovered that, hey, there's some weird mumbo-jumbo going on here. And instead of doing further research and maybe possibly even digging deeper, if you know, this is just speculation. We don't know if Ganondorf is buried below deep Hyrule Castle. I also have some speculation on this. But it's interesting that, at least how I explored, I don't see how they would bring it in. I have, it's, it's I have, I have an idea. It's weird, and the implications are fun and weird to think about. The there's, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good, good, good. Um, there's an indication to me, at least as someone who literally studies ruins for a living, (laughs) um, there is an indication that like all, uh, large spaces and buildings that are especially so ritually charged, uh, and spiritually charged as Hyrule Castle is, there's an indication to me that even after the calamity, there was a long period of time where there were just people living inside the castle. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sh- the castle has way more secrets than we were allowed to get access to. 
Um, and this is like after the calamity when the monsters are still kind of outside, kind of not. All the champions are dead or put wherever they are. Zelda's fighting Ganon, but there's just like it's such a big space that you could very easily perceive a lot of like little groups of people like holding out in the castle um, for like a while for like a couple of years. So this is why you'd find all these cooking pots. This is why you'd find all these, um, these different uh, little indications of like life continuing on. Uh, it's, it's kind of why you wouldn't see specific types of looting. Like there's still books sitting in some of the rooms because nobody would have true. need for them. Um, yeah. Or there would be a sacred sort of symbolic presence to the rooms. Like nobody would dare step in King Rome's room because they remember King Rome. I mean, it, it, he sucks, but like it, he's still a king. They didn't and know no, what was happening. Behind they him. didn't know what was up with him. They they wouldn't step in Zelda's room because it's it's Zelda's room. And there's a golden mob, at least in Master World, there's a golden mob with a big big sword. But I'm even saying beforehand, there's there there might not have even been monsters as much in inside the castle right away. Yeah. Um. Because because the, the sense that you get is like the monsters aren't like they doing just, exactly what except, Ganon tells them. They just kind of go. Except for the lockup, the lockup seems a bit more deliberate. The lockup. Yeah. The but I'm saying like that might be, the the lockup might be a an instance where you have this remnant of the royal guard that's recognizing like very very dark times ahead, and is like keeping this tradition alive. I think yeah. I think it's cool. I think Which, if, yeah. if the power of monsters to come back to life is by Ganon in the Blood Moon, maybe Ganondorf that's buried beneath the ground that we see in the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, or se- like sequel, like sneak peek trailer teaser, is below Hyrule Castle, and that's why the Stalnix is able to come back to life every so often. And that's where it gets the source of its power from. And then they start bringing, you know, mo- other monsters here for experiments or, you know, like sick royal guard testing. And they're like just killing these monsters and bringing them back to life. And Dylan and I are talking about it's crazy because in addition to the Stalnics, the monsters that are stuck in the keep, we're assuming have to at least have been here since the Calamity happened locked up. So over the course of Calamity again and rising, assuming at least parts of its power, it is <laughs> with the Blood Moon. These monsters have been dying, starving to death, and coming back to life over the course of Dark at Souls least reference. years. It's just, and all this is just reference to how Dark Souls Dark is Souls. a Zelda game, and Zelda <laughs> is Dark Souls, and there is a fourth timeline split they didn't tell you about, and that is where Dark Souls is, and at the end of that timeline split is Breath of the Wild. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we'll move on. Which is why you can rest at, bon- at campfires. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> why you can rest at campfires. <laughs> it's all just Dark Souls. Uh, so once you get past the lockup, you can go to either the West Passage, which will then take you, you take a little rail cart to, um, what is there? A little bit like the little ice pebble, little pe- stone talus pebbles, and like a few keys. There's a little sauna with, some boiled eggs that you have to put in a little in a little puddle for the Korok to mm-hmm. appear. And then you get to the air room and there's another moblin there. And once you climb up to the air room, 
you will be able to uh, either using stasis or Revali scale, you get to a certain switch. And that switch allows you to open up the air duct in which like a bunch of, like a gust of wind will come up from the ground, which will allow you to fly up to the tippy top. And once you get to the tippy top, there is, uh, I think it's the armory, the guards armory. And there's one moblin down below, Tulazolfo sitting by a campfire. And there's a pressure plate where if you put a barrel or even enough a heavy enough weapon, will open up a door to the outside on the main path of Hyrule Castle. But and that's and that that lets you go back to the outside of Hyrule Castle. But if you keep going inside, you will end up, I believe, at Rome's the library in Rome's study. So now let's let's uh you know try to bear with me. Backtrack a little bit. Yeah, then you chuck bombs in that room and just leave. <laughs> so, so let's backtrack a little bit and that remember that's going through the lockup if you go through uh the the, the harbor the harbor way or the docks the docks method you can light a torch for the shrine uh there's a bunch of lazolfos and a great fire blade in the room prior and a bunch of bow lazolfos so try to you know Put on, put on Majora's Mask if you don't want to confront them. Loot it. Light the torches. Get the shrine if you haven't already. And then proceed upwards into the library. Because, you know, both of these ways will end up leading to the library. Once you get to the library, you can get recipes for the Hyrule Castle recipe side quest. You get the the fruit, the hearty fruitcake, which is, you know, at least per the cookbook 100 years ago, the princess's favorite food. So maybe you want to have a supply of those ready once you save Zelda so she has something to eat because it's been a long time since she's had a nice bite. And then if you use Magnesis, you will see, hey, there's a hidden bookshelf. Like an episode of Scooby-Doo almost. And in there is Rome's study. And Rome's study has Rome's diary. And this is the most damning evidence against No, him. no, sorry. The memoranda. The memoranda of oh, King sorry. Rome, Boss Faramus Hyrule. Sorry, King Rome, Boss Faramus, Gaslight Hyrule is too masculine. Too masculine to, to have a diary. diary. Or even a journal. So these are the, the not only the memoranda, but the musings of King Rome, Boss Faramus Hyrule. Because again, were he God. to call it... Were he, to, <laughs> were he to call it a diary, it would be too, it'd be too feminine. He would have emasculated himself. Anyway, the more important quotes are, are paraphrasing from, from this. Oh, there's some merit. There's a royal guard shield there if you mm-hmm. need a shield. Or if you just like... Yeah, go. you can go in there to just loot. <laughs> just take his shit and blow it up. Then, then Run piss, a torch over Piss everything. on his desk and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the first entry is Rome talking about... Um, Reports keep arriving regarding the excavation of relics. The fortune teller's predictions seem to be coming true. And this is one big character, uh, a big character in the in the first two acts. Or if if we have, if we look at the Breath of Wild story being part one, the pre-calamity up to, you know, like a little bit, uh, a little bit before the memories, then part two, the memories and the calamity happening, and then part three, Breath of the Wild. 
this is way before that and one passive actor in this whole great calamity that happened a hundred years ago is the fortune teller there's there's a lot of fan and they're good good fan ideas theories that the fortune teller killed Zelda's mom but the fortune teller must surely is either an agent of Ganon or so incompetent that they alone managed to bring down <laughs> almost all of civilization as we know it because the original prophecy that we learned from Impa earlier portions of the game is that in the 10,000 years ago they defeated Ganon and they were instructed that the Sheikah machines or relics would turn against you know uh, the Hyrule family Hyrule castle so they must have been buried away and exiled and the Sheikah exiled split into two sects with one becoming the Yiga clan and the other just remaining the Sheikah and we learned this from Impa, of course, and that's why they bury the relics, the divine beast, to never be earthed again. But this fortune teller tells Rome, or the royal family of the universe, and they fall for the bait. That they he suspects, or it's whoever, whatever the fortune teller is, maybe assuming the role of Aganim once again in a pseudo Ganon avatar form. And, and tells tells the royal family that I suspect that the calamity is going to return, and that you must look below the deep below the surface of the earth to find the ancient Sheikah relics that will aid you in, in your combat against the calamity once again, just like the ten thousand years ago. And Rome's reaction to this is very interesting. He says, "Calamity Ganon was not a figure, a fable, or even a legend." He actually existed in our great land of Hyrule, which again, I always said, we're talking about the memory, specifically Zelda ceiling power, that Rome, Rome clearly has no idea what the ceiling power is, the matrilineal magic, the bloodline of the goddess is, or how it works. He probably is not even aware that the ceiling power is as direct result of the bloodline of the goddess. And that's very interesting because here he, he cements... For us, that the idea of Calamity Ganon, as daunting and intimidating as it is from the stories that we've been told through Cass, Impa, and Rome at the beginning of the game, at the time, it was just myth to them. It was just legend. And I think it's a good indication of how Rome then proceeds to act. Then afterwards, after this quote, in the timeline of things, uh, so a hundred and however many years ago, something. Zelda at the age of six, the queen dies. And that is as of until almost everyone dies. Zelda's only means of discovering her ceiling power. And Rome starts to talk about Zelda at the funeral. It was, and he's, you can tell this guy didn't love his wife. You can tell, you can tell something was up because he just says her death there was, was so sudden and unexpected because most deaths are not sudden and completely expected. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Rome. Your thank astute, you, Rome. Your astute observations have once again Mod a model husband. A model. We're, husband. we're missing. We're missing the fact that he ripped out a page where he said, "And there was this strange Gerudo woman that wouldn't stop crying." <laughs> I think they were roommates in college. I think that yeah, I think they knew each other in college or something. Gal pals, yeah. 
Anyway, Rome's the worst. And then he says at the Queen's funeral, Zelda was so quiet, and he more or less attributes that to being, I guess she must have took that. I told her she needed to be strong and valiant because now she had to unlock the ceiling power and that she shouldn't she shouldn't show any sign of weakness. No, Look, you stupid I am, I am no, I am no therapist. I am no licensed psychologist. But let me tell you something about Parenting 101. Being sad or upset over the loss of a parent is not showing signs of weakness. I don't care if Zelda is the, the carrying the bloodline of the goddess with the sealing power to save more or less the entire civilization as we know it. Or if Zelda is just some random bum on the street that is complete and utter awful parenting. And if you listeners have kids, don't do this to them. Let them let them feel things. And it's so crazy. Zelda was six years old when her mom died and Rome is already like, no, you have to be singularly focused in your training. Meanwhile, he's not doing much of anything in terms of this is oh this is also bad uh, governing 101. Again, you know, I don't have any experience <laughs> being a king or anything. But if if you think the calamity is a myth and then you get more evidence that it's real and you find the things that the fortune teller told you would be there, and it's becoming true. So you put your entire faith into only your daughter, who was six, around six years old at the time, and then later on the champions, instead of, I don't know, yourself coming up, coming up with evacuation plans, ways to remove people from Hyrule Castle, and they could have... This game would have been really cool if in some way, you know, maybe Hyrule Castle still dies, but they go. the people go back to the Great Plateau. Or, it, you know, there's a new Hyrule Castle being built at Hateno Village. Because that's where they, people, the hundred years, the people end up going. But it was never planned. It was a last minute. It was a last minute thing. And there's a bunch of Hyrulean settlements all over the land. So not only did this calamity come up and shock everyone and you know at the end of the day as much as rome could have done the calamity is still the calamity ganon is still ganon and you can only do so much but even with the only so much that you can do he still chose to do nothing (laughs) he just kept the throne seat hot that's it yeah and made sure those piddly little fireworks made it and then only (laughs) a year later at the age of seven years old rome sends zelda to the spring of courage and that's where when we get the exposition from Urbosa, Urbosa accompanied her and possibly if I think that is where she spent so long praying she passed out in the waters at the age of seven. This is looking like a good child abuse case against Rome if you ask me. And look, I have no I have no JD, but I can tell you a little something about the law. This is this child abuse is it's ridiculous. This is the worst. And then he goes on to to muse on about how if Ganon wasn't a looming threat, she could take her time to mourn over mm-hmm. the loss of her dear mother. And that's that's as much as you really need to know. Rome is a bad guy. Don't forget that. This is this whole podcast is Rome anti Rome propaganda. There was something from his entries that I noted down. Ooh. Um because he notes that when Zelda is like younger, mm-hmm. he notes how much she loves research, 
And then he continues to shit on her for wanting to research the the guardians in the memory that we saw. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, all right. Since the age of at least six, because that's at the time when he at least writes that he notices it. Mm-hmm. Zelda is a little scholar. She is absolutely enthralled with learning about these. She could tech, just technology, science in general. She's she's a little scholar. Mm-hmm. And imagine seeing at such a young developmental crucial tender age your child taking interest in something that is you know like beyond her years and you proceed to crush it and send her to a catholic school where she passes out in the waters <laughs> praying <laughs> no, kidding but the plaintiff would like to bring the evidence of rome bosphorus high rules memorandum to the stand <laughs> he also explicitly states that he needs to act well, quote unquote, needs to act like a king and not like a father to her, yeah. which I think is the worst thing ever because he doesn't even do. He, he doesn't like even act like a king. <laughs> he only acts like a king in that he gaslights Zelda, and there's there's nothing that we can infer that he seems to have done to further either minimize the imminent apocalypse of the world or save as many lives as he can. Right, it's pretty. He shits the bed here, Rome. Right, because the argument can obviously be made, you know, the calamity was going to happen anyway, like, nothing could have been done, but from our point of view, through the memories, and also through these entries, we just don't see any sort of effort on his part at all. We don't. Yeah. Any look, the champions are amazing. They were the best fighters of their respective regions. Link is... This feral ADHD twink with uh, disgusting godlike powers. But even then, Rome, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Everyone knows this. You can't, you can't, if you're like Zelda's mom died, Zelda needs to unlock the ceiling power. She's just a child. Why is that, why is that the only thing that you're going to rely on to save Hyrule? It's pretty, it's pretty weak governing and critical thinking skills for me that that uh convict rome of such crimes and i hate at the ending we'll talk about it. wendy knows what i'm talking about there's this mm-hmm. i just the one scene mm. anyway so from the, <laughs> <laughs> from the library you'll go to the armory and there's a lot of good stuff here there's a there's a bit of royal guard stuff which you know you have a side if you have if you have not completed that side quest you should uh Take the stuff here, save it, go back and do. I think there's a spear, a bow. Uh, that's about it. There's a chest or a bunch of boxes to the corner. I think the left corner, which have a pretty surprising um, variety of arrows, fire arrows, ice arrows. And those are always good to bring with you. And then once you go up, you will eventually get to the dining hall. But before that, there are a bunch of hidden walls that contain a lot of good goodies that Dylan and I were talking about. Like, why is this here? And Dylan more or less saying something along the lines of, you know, sometimes they just rebuild over these walls. That <laughs> yeah, this is, not un- this is not unfathomable. But at least the one room where the Royal Guards armor is in, you know, for DLC, that seems to serve a purpose. Like, it's a hidden, it's a hidden special armor, a special set of clothing, like 
symbolic robes or whatever and then the other room which has the royal guard sword like in the almost mimicking the master sword in a pedestal hidden beneath the wall and also overall these are just in 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 the mechanics of the game callbacks to previous Zelda games in which you would have the bomb walls for hidden rooms they're very interesting it's the the whole layout of Hyrule Castle is very interesting and complex there's also a, a mini garden, at least where the garden used to be, and there's some way to get through with a, a spiral staircase, and if you shoot the Malice Eye, you'll get through. There's not a garden there anymore, it's just a stationary guardian, so like a guardian sentry turret, so check it out if you want. Um, I don't recommend it, you're not going to see any silent princesses. Damn. And then... <laughs> At this point in sort of my playthrough, I, I, I jumped around to at this point, because I, I, I think I did an okay enough job of covering the grounds. I jumped to Zelda's study in Zelda's room. That's where the one memory is in Zelda's diary and things. We were looking at her research diary. So Zelda knew Impa before she met Pura and Robbie, and it's Impa that introduces them. Uh, just little tidbits I found. They all discovered the Sheikah Slate together, and I think it was Impa that ended up naming it the Sheikah Slate. Zelda is like, mm, its name is like a bit weak, but what much can I do? She also tells us that of all the champions, once they, you know, assign the champions to their respective roles. It was Mifa who mastered Ruta with ease. And I think this is really interesting because in our previous episode of Champions Ballad, we talked about the the more than just physical connections that the champions have with their divine beasts. And Zora's domain is probably aside from the Hylians, the most and maybe the Sheikah the most religious of or not religious they are the most in keeping with their traditions customs history and culture and we see from mifa's diary um and the the tablets that big tuna or dorfan just to be precise commissions <laughs> Commissions the one Zora commissions the one Zora sculptor to do that. They are aware of Ruta's origins being a Zora princess that helped save another hero of a distant age who could travel through time. And Mifa is very aware of that in in her in her diary entries and in, in the other little tidbits of information we get about her. She asked the old uh, the spirit of the Zora Princess from long ago to aid her before she decides whether or not she wants to, I mean, she wants to propose to Link, but whether or not she'll get the courage to actually do so. So already, Mifa's connection with Ruta, and then through Ruta, Ruto, or Mifa's connection with Ruto, then immediately strengthens her emotional, metaphysical, and spiritual bond with Ruta. That's no, that's not surprising to see. Daruk struggled and got the hang of it, that's honestly for me. That's just a boomer joke, and then, and then Zelda basically says, 
but Bosa and Rivali did fine. Another thing interesting to note is that Robbie restored mobility to the Guardians. And that when they discover the shrines, they say that records indicate that these facilities are designed to train the hero, but they couldn't find some way to do it. And I know when we were talking about the memories, we were like, why didn't they Zelda push the Sheikah Slate on the pedestal in almost the same exact fashion that we end up doing as we play the game? And she, so she knows that the shrines are designed to train the hero. And as indicated by some records they have, why didn't they try it with Link? I at least we, I mean, they could have, and we don't know if they did, but it's because there's not any indication. But it's it seems weird that they struggle with that, or why it didn't work a hundred years ago, why they couldn't figure it out. Then Zelda again, in her personal diary, mentions fortune teller's prophecy. Uh, when Zelda says that oh, father is assigning him as my royal knight, she's already aware of Link's reputation, and either jealous or insecure about his how he filled his role seemingly with such ease and she is still struggling. We get the part where I said something awful to him today then she said get to the part how Link saved her life then she's going to make an effort to open up to him. She realizes Link, like most teenage boys, is an absolute glutton and a good meal will open him up and she figures out why Link is so quiet. It's because he feels it necessary to, to stay strong and silently bear any burden. Zelda never realizes how hard Link had it. And perhaps she too will be able to bear her soul to him. And then the interesting part is at the end, Zelda, literally before the calamity, says she had a dream of this beautiful woman in a golden light trying to speak to her, but she could not hear her. And she didn't know if... It was a goddess or a spirit, but she was so beautiful and she was so interested. And my first immediate assumption is, we know Zelda's grandma could talk to the spirits in the sacred realm or the spirit realm in the sealing power. And my first thing to think is like, oh, Hylia is trying to fix that connection between Zelda and her bloodline to unlock the sealing power. Then I was also thinking golden light and how sometimes in these games, Link, Link and Skyward Sword has one of these, a prophetic dream. And I was wondering, oh, maybe this is Zelda seeing a glimpse of the future, having a little, prof a little prophetic dream of how the game will end. Because if you have beat the game, you know Zelda comes out enshrouded in golden light, almost exactly fulfilling her description. That's about... It's for the castle, except for the, you know, the claim beginning part that we'll get to. Um, I don't know if I'm forgetting anything. There's an there's another entrance on the east side, but I think it only takes you. It all no, it also takes you to the library. All things lead to the library, then to the rest of the map. If you go from outside on the top, you have to go to through the two gatehouses, which have Gant or not Gannon, which have um. What's it called? Which have um, uh, Lionels in there. And then I think that's really it for Hyrule Castle. And then we can talk about the Calamity. One one thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've gone through this very nice uh, 
run through of the castle. Yep. Now I want to know everybody else's experiences <laughs> because mine was assuredly not like that. Hmm. Um, I feel like very few people experience the whole castle on their first go. Um, well, so for, for instance, my experience of Hyrule castle, uh, last night when I was on the podcast or on the, the stream with Luke, <laughs> uh-huh. I, I admitted very openly that, uh, I play these games. If the game lets me, I will be the biggest rat <laughs> of all time. So literally what I did for Hyrule Castle, my first go through, was I I flew in from the highest point I could find outside the walls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I landed at the base of the castle underneath the moat. I then proceeded to scurry my way through the entire castle, avoiding every single enemy that I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sneaking around and just generally being a rat, stealing shit. Right. From, from rooms that were left open. Yeah. Then I found Ganon. And you, and uh, you fought him. I found Ganon while looking for a cutscene. And I was like, well, since I'm here. <laughs> right as well. The game's making me. So I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I fought Ganon. And it took me maybe... Like, even, like, there are those guard houses where you have to fight Lynels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of get locked in with them. I was like, mm-hmm. nah. And I just immediately sprung up and was, like, flying around on the walls, not fighting <laughs> this Lynel. I was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> We're not doing this. Because my rat brain couldn't handle the fact that the game wanted me to fight something. I was like, this entire game, except for the Blights, I could have not fought anything. I could have run away. I could have been a rat sneaking around and just throwing bombs and shooting it with arrows. Like I, I am, whatever. <laughs> I was just the the absolute grubbiest. Like my instinct when I found something was to whip out the bomb arrows, shoot it in the head, and run like a ninja <laughs> throwing a smokescreen. Like I, like I think I think the castle itself is like a good analogy just for the rest of the game whereas like your experience is how much time and how curious you are you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because like for me i had been to hyrule castle twice before actually going to fight ganon i went in to get the hylian shield and then i went in to get the shrine because i wanted to get all 120 shrines before going to fight ganon um and i remembered what was it like two three days ago when i finally fought ganon um i asked luke like what's the ideal way to go in he's like right through the front doors and i was like okay if he hadn't have told me that though i would have just fast traveled to the shrine and then made my way up through like the library and stuff like that um i no go ahead um no i (laughs) I started laughing because um, the I had a similar approach that Dylan did. <laughs> I came in through oh, the so locker. you're a rat too. Yeah, I was like, you know, I'm trying to find these Koroks and I had the Korok mask on. So obviously I was able to find some of the, um, the Koroks in that area. And I was like, you know, 
I think I, I, I believe some of the DLC items are around here. Mm-hmm. And I had collected the um, the Royal Guard chest piece, right? It's like the, the tunic or something and the pants. And then all I needed was the Royal Cap. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I, it has to be around here. It's like on the second level. So in, I thought like looking at the map that Ganon was just like maybe like at the top if that makes any sense i don't know how what my brain was i don't know what my thought process i mean he kind was. of is sort of right but you know on that first level of the castle he's just you know you enter and immediately just triggers the cutscene and then calamity ganon mm-hmm. and so <laughs> i thought that i had to walk around it or something and i just jumped in and then the cutscene happened and i was like Oh, okay. So we're fighting Ganon. Like, is this it? Like, this I just is, I, guess. Like, I, I think <laughs> right. I think part of it is you know like I went into Hyrule Castle knowing that me fighting Calamity Ganon wasn't the end of the game. Like, I knew once you beat Ganon and once you beat the game, it just brings you back to the moment right before you fight him. So I yeah. knew I would be able to just go in fight him and then afterwards after completing the game after the credits roll i would be able to go back and actually spend my time inside of hyrule castle if i didn't know that then my first time in the castle definitely wouldn't have been different so i had i had the last memory with zelda on Mm, the the uh, bridge on the bridge to her study yeah uh, that i hadn't gotten and i could literally i was looking across the sanctum (laughs) and i could see it right Mm -hmm. from like one i was on the god what was it the east end yeah Mm -hmm. i was on the east end of the the sanctum coming up like i had crawled all the way around the castle and shit and i i was on the east end oh my god this is what morning does um i was on the east end of the castle and i was looking across to the west end and I could see, I could see the memory. I was like, that's the last one I need to get that special epilogue cutscene. And I was like, just four more steps. And I stepped in and it launched Calamity Cannon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and wow. I was like, okay, I guess I'm watching the cutscene on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I really just loaded the previous save because I didn't want to fight him there and then. Oh. I was like, no. <laughs> but I just loaded the save, the previous save and then I really texted uh and Luke, I was like, y'all, I almost fought Ganon. I was like, Sir Ganon, just give me the fucking cap. Like, I'm, I didn't come here to fight you. I'm right just now. here for the fashion. I don't want you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was the thing, though. Just, yeah. Once I, I once I finished the game, I went back because I knew that there was some uh, armor that you can get. I wanted to get the gear, the Royal Guards gear for that one side quest, somewhere the Korok seeds. So yeah. I wonder, from my first ever Hyrule Castle experience, I think I just kind of went through the motions. Like, I was really in it because I was so intent on taking it head on, like, always straight from the jump. Because it's, you know, man, it's like, oh, it's cooler this way if I'm, like, you know, scavenging through Hyrule Castle, killing all the beasts, and then I go save Zelda. But now let's let's talk about the Sanctum as a space. The Sanctum is absolutely crazy. You can actually get on top too and you can see Ganon or Calamity Ganon in this nasty little egg sack 
you know, the foil to Link's Shrine of Resurrection is this embryonic sack of hatred, you know, like good giving life versus bad giving life, like good versus life versus evil giving, bringing life. It's an interesting binary. In addition to the colors opposing each other, Ganon's mixed hues of like purple, red, and orange and these really strong warm colors where link in the shrine of Re resurrection is very cold and you have the overwhelming sheikah blue lighting uh, lighting your way and on the sanctum the two key things you might notice and there's a way to explore it you just have to be uh you got to be a bit um crafty and just going i think from the east side is the best like dylan said how he went in but instead of going straight across just climb your way on the wall and start climbing the wall and then you'll be able to get a little bit more access to the second floor where you can stand and not initiate the boss fight and from the second floor we can see the in triforce insignia in the center of the the room which is just the regular triforce with um or if you look at it as the Tetra Force and see the inverted triangle in the middle where the space is, there is, I believe it's the the loft wing insignia, then each Triforce uh, re representing the respective goddess and um, the orbs or rubies, or it's the, the Deku or the Kokiri Emerald, the Goron Ruby, and the zora sapphire from ocarina of time those three at least gemstone shapes emblems insignias representing the floor then on the back of the wall behind rome's throne and the queen's throne but only one of the seats is destroyed i hope it was rome's there is a triforce with three on on each side a little um is that like a musical scale i don't know anything about music other than i like listening to it from Wendy, I know Wendy watched the stream and Dylan too. Is that is that a, is that called a scale, where it has the notes and stuff? I think it is. And on the scale, there's a bunch of notes, musical notes. And if you've played Ocarina of Time, and you have, you know, crafty eyes that that notice things very quickly, you will realize, oh hey, that is Zelda's lullaby. Totally. And in the shape, in in the same shape that it was. Um, in the same shape that it was in Ocarina of Time when you play, when you get the prompt to play the Ocarina, it's the same same exact. It's such a beautiful callback, especially in the Hyrule Castle theme. You have such a mix of themes, and one of them different motifs. One of them being Zelda's lullaby. It's a bit, um, it's a bit somber and melancholic. If you take take some time to sort of sit with it, marinate with it. Another thing I want to talk about in regards to the Hyrule Castle music is the Ballad of the Windfish. And to all my Zelda buddies that have played Link's Awakening or played enough to know the premise, you end up, Link ends up stranded on an island. The island turns out to be a dream of some sort. It's a dream state, dream of the Windfish. And I kept thinking... Other than most of the developers now who are who are the big head honchos of the Zelda team, 
a lot of them got their start, or at least when they were lower on the lower on the ranks. Um, they got they had some 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 way shape or form involved in Link's Awakening. So aside from Link's Awakening, sort of being the favorite child of the Zelda team, I was thinking, okay, what does this mean? And this is something I thought about before we even started the podcast. I was thinking like, okay, Ballad of the Windfish, dreams, dreams. What's here? And I thought I was like, maybe this is just how the windfish you you kill the you kill all the nightmares or destroy all the nightmares and the windfish wakes up and Calamity Ganon is literally is a figurative and literal nightmare on Hyrule Castle or you know something along those lines is what I was thinking of for a while and then the Breath of the Wild two trailer came out and it and not all at once in you know a cinematic way but. I did have a point where I was playing and I just came to this realization like, holy shit. We see Ganon at the bottom, some deep in the dirt, hand sealing him, and the malice leaks out from him. And, the mal- and malice, I think, is just the, the physical manifestation of hatred, disgust, and evil. And it's like... Well, Zelda tells you what malice is. And she when she tells you when and you get to a certain part in the fight that it's hatred and malice incarnate, and that's the name of the final battle. No, she tells you what malice is in the middle of the fight. She says malice is the energy that's that's surrounding Ganon. And and, and that doesn't super tell you what malice is, but it's like, holy fuck, what if malice is this calamity Ganon is just the dream, it's just the the this un- subconscious manifestation of Ganondorf, the man, buried deep below Hyrule Castle's hatred, disgust, vitriol, power, and just overall wickedness. And that was like, whew, like that. I felt the gravity of that. Like, wow, that is insane. And I'm look, even look forward to Breath of the Wild 2 more. I was like, just how powerful is this version of Ganondorf, whichever. You know, if it's a one of the ones we have seen before, a new version is going to be if in this stasis, uh, almost sleep-like state that we see him in, he is able to create a plague that can still destroy an entire civilization. And he's just, in a way, you know, baby, the Ballad of the Windfish is not to that. He's just, in a way, dreaming. He's just dreaming this up. He is not... He's not an active actor in these events. Hmm. What do you think yeah. about that? I, I don't even know. Because the I sense that I got... Ballad of the Windfish needs to be in the Hyrule Castle. Yeah, it's also that. The, the sense that I got from... I mean, this is jumping the gun a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, from the Dark Beast Ganon fight. Yes. Which is jumping the gun a bit. But... Uh, the sense that I got was that the name Hatred and Malice Incarnate is very important. Super. Um, not only because uh, it's it's very telling of what kind of power you're facing, but because Hatred and Malice are uh, personified. They're given capital letters in the English translation of the game. They are the... F- the physical manifestations of they are, abstract ideas. They are agents. They have, they are given uh, 
almost personal uh, names that you can call them by, whatever those energies or forces are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ganondorf, or Ganon in general, is is the physical manifestation of that, of those two things combining. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there's almost a sense that in the fight, you and Zelda are fighting two different beings. Zelda is fighting malice, but you're fighting hatred. Yeah. In in this combined body. Um, because Zelda only explicitly says the, the energy surrounding Ganon is called malice. And you've seen it before. Like, it's all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only hold it at bay for so long, but you can get reach through it to get through underneath. And I'm like, okay, so you're shooting the hatred underneath? I don't know. And it's the wording is very difficult because in English, what we would want is we would want these things to have names like their own names that are not the word because giving a a feeling or an emotion, uh, a capitalized name Mm -hmm. uh, is like weird for us still. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, the sense that I get is that Ganon is a manifestation of these two primal energies, just as Zelda and Link are manifestations of two primal energies, which are morally good or, or, or light. Not even morally good, but light. And it's crazy because these two beings or existences, hatred and malice, that make up Calamity Ganon, they don't come from some godlike or divine being divine. they just exist they come from they come from a, a i can't say like a human but they come from one man they are pouring out of ganondorf the man deep in the castle this one person's hatred and just overall wickedness is so strong that it created these two entity beings hatred and malice that are just primeval. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Insane. Flabbergasting. And then you walk into the Sanctum to fight. And Link is there looking up at the big ball sack. The big stinky Ganon sack. And you hear Zelda, who at least to me in this in this scene sounds extremely tired. Says, Link, I'm sorry I can't hold him for much longer. And then a guardian beam pierces the sack. And... Calamity Ganon is reborn in this disgusting, incomplete form, this spider-like... The, the entire time I was fighting it, Luke and Wendy just had to listen to me completely shit on how ugly Calamity Ganon is. <laughs> it's like... so... I love, I love the Calamity Ganon design. It is I such a it. good design. How the only human thing is the skull in the red beard resembling what could have been... Mm. Uh, you know, the avatar of Ganondorf, the man incomplete, but he, you know, in this way, how Link's a broken hero. Zelda cannot, his power's dwindling. Even Ganondorf is weak in some way. He is not complete. Everyone is broken, just beating the shit out of each other here, in some in some aspects, at least. And this disgusting amalgamation of the Blights and other Sheikah Tech and Ganon and Ganondorf are all in this weird spider-like body. 
and all of a sudden the floor beneath the floor beneath you crumbles and you're sent falling to even even deeper space which mechanically serves as a big round circular boss fight arena but in the game this is the laboratory and along the walls in the same you know Sheikah line design with the glowing lights is a map of Hyrule and above that on the from from the from the floor to the ceiling of the rotunda laboratory are celestial constellations and stars and like a map of the sky and in the creating a champion they tell you that this is the Sheikah would come here to study celestial bodies but instead now it has become the the final fight for you against against Ganon you know you had this big open world to yourself and then now you are trapped this game takes away all your freedom and now you're trapped in an arena you can't climb the walls you are stuck you have to this is the one fight you can't avoid once it starts like this is it and then so it begins and Ganondorf or Calamity Ganon is a really easy boss fight not that I think boss fights need to be hard but I wish he was more intelligent and if you have like we have at least in this podcast freed all the for the divine beasts you will get a cutscene and it shows each champion with the little one-liner the little monologue the little words they have to say fire or take aim and fire at the calamity and all their beams line up at the peak of the sanctum and then the light or whatever guardian technology sheikah power trickles or not trickles it's like a geyser blows down below and just rains upon ganon completely wiping out half of his health and when i saw that i was like oh it's ggs it's over (laughs) yeah it's over um, he's done i got the master sword he's done which i like in the story that it's like you did you did what zelda told you to do free the four divine beasts like you're like technically ganon can't win at this point and what uh, with everything again. with everything you've done like there's no way for him to win but at least i wish it was conveyed in a bit of way where maybe you didn't see ganondorf's full health bar before because when you see him half weak you know you feel like oh you know like i'm not i didn't really do that much but maybe you know that cutscene would have happened and ganon's bar was still full but at least you know visually he's just health, taking he's just taking the, double yeah, damage the health the health is you know proportionate to what the divine beast did but at least the bar visually represent looks full and then if you have the fully powered master sword ganondorf will screech at you <laughs> something along those lines like a little bit of a hold on let me get it. he goes a little bit of a <clears throat> Killing at Link, who's probably, I don't even think has blinked once at this point. And Link literally oh, just like calmly glides down on the paraglider, like before yeah, the fight like starts. Okay, okay yeah. I know, I know we're busting Link's balls, but he fucking died at this point. He died and came back to life, and he can with Mifa repeatedly die and come back to life. At what point does this does this boy does this Dark teenager Souls. have to feel? What is at? What does he have left to fear? Yeah, he ha- he has his like baseball cap on backwards. He has shades on, chewing a piece of gum. Oh my God. He's chilling. In face. He's got a big leather jacket with the collar popped. 
He's got the, he's got the lollipop. Indeed, that's our himbo. <laughs> he's got the lollipop. And so, <laughs> the lollipop. <laughs> and so if you have the master sword, Link will draw it, and it, and it, it, it it's uh, its sharpness is there, but it it doesn't have you know it's not it's not at its full splendor. And even if you've done the master sword, you will the trial of the master sword, you will still get this cutscene. In the face of Ganon, the Master Sword knows it needs to have its full splendor. It, the blade lights up, and you are once again shown the true splendor, the Master Sword, the full power, the blade of evil's bane, the sword that seals the darkness by itself, illuminating the path, and the fight begins. And now you are taking on Calamity Ganon, whose attacks seem to mirror those of the Blights in some ways. He's a bit tanky. He moves and hits hard. But if you are careful, quick, and keep a good distance, you are able to defeat him easily. You don't really need a bow for this. I know, I know you Breath of the Wild players, you love, a, you love a bow and arrow. It's become your crutch. Bullet time is your saving grace. But as long as you have the Master Sword and you keep yourself fair distance and go for flurry rushes, you'll be able to dispatch Ganon fairly easily, especially even more in regular mode where he won't regain health if you wait too long. And once, once Ganon takes to climbing the the ceiling or the walls of the laboratory or observatory in the disgusting spider-like way he does, if you may want to use a bow and arrow there, but additionally you can also use the master swords, um, the the sword beams, and that also does a good job because you will not you will not be hitting. The, the big damage you do to Calamity Ganon won't be while he's up there. Even with your Ancient Arrows, your um, Bomb Arrows, your Lionel Bow, it's not going to be done while he's crawling around. you got to wait for either him to shoot the Guardian Beam or not, or whatever not unlike the Guardian Beam laser he has. Uh, and, and once you get that parry, whether with Daruk's Protection... Uh, the ancient shield or the whatever the Sheikah the Sheikah shield that auto parries or you've just developed that skill on your own then you should proceed to go forth and at least as much damage as you can and look not everyone's a combat expert and you know I try to teach myself some tech from like the great guys you see on Twitter like Peko Cleric uh, Rin Harasaki those guys are absolute beast when it comes to breath of wild combat but not all of us are so take that time once ganon has fallen to the ground hit him a few times with your fully powered master sword and maybe eat an attack potion before you even go into the fight stasis him you'll get some free damage it's it's a very free fight it's not difficult you can eat as much food as you want you just have and you don't and you won't even take an ounce of damage as long as you play just a bit patiently I know you're eager to defeat Ganon immediately because that's the whole point of the game. But just be patient and you'll be able to breeze through the fight a lot easier. I, I was going to say that, like, you don't... Like, you can still take a decent amount of hits and be fine. Especially yeah. if, you know... Odds are, if you've fought all of the Divine Beasts, you've probably also done, like, a decent amount of combat with, you know, the Boko camps around the Yiga clan, stuff like that. If you have the Master Sword, like, as long as you've done a decent amount in the game, like, the final fight rewards you 
in for your diligence right exactly so because like i definitely took a few hits and it you know it was okay like it's just not that hard of a boss fight if you've like done all of the divine beasts and stuff like that beforehand i think in some ways i appreciate that design but also i would like i would have liked the i would also have appreciated a harder fight that you know this is my last my last test my last test. Yeah, like I, I would have, I would have appreciated if, I can if Lionels weren't more difficult than Calamity Ganon, you know. Yeah, I would appreciate if Calamity Ganon was the hardest boss. Yeah, the hardest thing to fight singularly, because the trials of the Master Sword will always be harder. But anyway, <laughs> like the hardest part for me was maneuvering around in the second half of this <laughs> oh, yeah. battle. Like that was the hardest part. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have your license, so you know. Uh, soon, table. soon. And then next time you play, you'll be ready. So once you defeat Ganon, he again screams in Link's face like this, um, you know, angry child that needs to be fed and leaves his nasty spider body in a mist of malice and proceeds to just fly out of the sanctum into nowhere. And Link is just standing there like, what the fuck? And Zelda in a bit nicer fashion gets her sparkly little golden light and teleports you out into hyrule field and you hear the ganon the ganondorf theme organ or piano dun, dun, dun. and your horse is there for some reason Zelda brought your horse and you're like oh hey spots haven't seen you in a while buddy or Epona, or whatever you named your horse or it's the ganon horse and it's that big chunky horse you're like hey i haven't seen you buddy and zelda's talking to you Ganon, she does like this whisper mumble. Ganon, Ganon was dark. Calamity Ganon again was born of a dark, you know, ancient evil. And you and your horse turn around and holy fuck, you thought Calamity Ganon was big. And I think Calamity Ganon alone is one of the bigger bosses in the game. But this, this amalgamation of disgustingness is ten times bigger. And you see some, and you see this giant purple malice boar almost as big as almost as big as Hyrule Castle not so much like the 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 you know the the foundation the rock but just the structure of the castle itself and this is Dark Beast Dark Beast Ganon or the name that I most affectionately refer to and that the soundtrack refers to to is Hatred and Malice Incarnate and this is this boss fight is easy because it's not it's not a fight. You already defeat Ganon. This, this boss this boss fight is a cutscene. This boss fight is a cutscene. And it is so And it's cin- a damn cool cutscene though. It's so cinematic. It is so good. Zelda monologues to you and she tells you, you know, cuz she has seen your journey but even then she does not know every single thing you've done and she tells you, "Link, I'm not sure yet if you've recovered all your memories, but courage need not be remembered." And she entrusts to you the the sacred bow of light. You hop on your horse and you just, without any hesitation, without, uh, without a moment's notice, you proceed head on to this disgusting swine beast and begins the Dark Beast Ganon boss fight with the sacred bow of light. And what also begins the best song in this in this soundtrack. Yep. In this fucking game. The best song in this fucking game. It is so good. And the piano starts going. And you get the bow of light. You equip it. And then you start running your circles around Ganon. 
Dark Beast Ganon, while Zelda gives you some exposition and tells you that at points I will instruct to you and I will illuminate points which will indicate where Dark Beast Ganon's uh, weaknesses lie. And with the Bow of Light, I need you to shoot them so we can weaken this beast and destroy him once and for all. And mechanically, you can also use the Master the master Sword's beam. Both the Bow of Light and the Master Sword have what it takes to destroy Malice and just Ganon and evil in general. This is what they were what they were built and constructed to do. So in case, you know, for whatever reason, you shoot one and then you use the Master, master Sword beam with the other, whichever one that fits whatever aesthetic you want to do. And you'll and each point does a significant amount of damage to Dark Beast Ganon's health, and it has completely given up on that, on the revival of it, whatever weird body it was trying to make. It's going full, full force beast mode, and you'll. It's going beast mode. I mean, it is like a beast. Like it's, it's literally just, beast. It's literally mode. just a beast. It's just the beast mode. It's just the shape it takes is just a beast. <laughs> and you will ride around encircling this in Hyrule Field, in this great open field, while while it will shoot at you with these massive malice beams, which in almost a radiation-like way singe the earth and gusts of wind, you know, bellows of wind will, uh, the heat will come upward, creating um, separate wind channels for you to float upon. And once you go on, you shoot three times on either side once below in the belly of the beast and then zelda tells you link look up the malice itself is tearing apart and as we see a lot with malice there's an eye the sentient eye which tends to be the source of the malice it starts revealing itself the the true weakness like we can finish this and zelda tells you link you know what to do and you run up head on again once again dark beast ganon the smoke from the previous beam is still there. You jump off your horse. You get carried up the wind. And you will draw the bow one last time. And you just shoot the eye. And Dark Beast Ganon is defeated. And the cutscene immediately starts. And you, see, and you see Zelda in her golden light. In the way, in the form in which she almost described in her last dream that she had. Either referencing Hylia or possibly prophetic dream. And she comes out. And then we see the ethereal smoke trail bore again and flying around and coming around to, um, you know, consume both Zelda and Link. But Zelda is too enlightened. She is covered in gold. And as the, the malice boar monster ghost dragon looking thing comes to consume, Zelda creates again another like light, light explosion and in one of the most like absolute ways just consumes ganon entirely like not even the smallest atom remains just completely gone like you can see from the cutscene like zelda just completely gets rid of the calamity and then you know all that's done and the music still plays a little bit it's a bit more slow now charming and Zelda's still looking away at Link for some point. Link is just, you know, trying to catch his breath looking at Zelda. I don't know where the horse is at this point. And she asks you something along the lines like, oh, I'm not sure. She turns around. Do you really remember me? And then... That the broke ends. me! Yeah. <laughs> that line that broke me. Please. I just had to say that. 
<laughs> the game ends and you've beaten the game. And then you get the credits rolling, the staff roll referencing the start and ends of your journey. And the staff roll ends with the main theme. You know, the symbolic circular start and starts and finishes. And if you did diligently retrieve all the memories, you get a little extra uh, you get a little extra cutscene, but before this we see Link and Zelda leaving the castle. They look they get one last longing glance. Uh, from what I notice, Zelda a bit closer. Link is a more in front of her, which to me, you know, other than just uh, placement, indicates how Link has already had this journey. He already let go of that hundred years ago. He is more willing and ready to depart that the past. He is he has already moved on. His personality is completely different, as we've seen in the game. And as he is a bit more ahead of Zelda, he is more willing to go. While Zelda, who has just regained her corporeal form, is still still grappling with that as we see she gets one longing glance and they leave the camera pans up from hyrule castle and we see the ghosts the spirits of our four champions this part mifa daruk rivali nervosa and king Romboss framus gaslight hyrule in an almost disgusting and undeserving way the front of the pack even though he did he did the least like at least the four <laughs> champions did direct damage to Ganon, you know, he just gaslit everyone, feeling pretty proud of himself. And they look one last time, and whoosh, they disappear. Their spirits are gone. Whoosh. My eyes watered. Just yeah, they're 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 like they're done. Like their spirits, their 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 souls can rest. And that happens, and the game ends. The D end, and then you get the extra cutscene for the memories. And it's Link and Zelda back in their champion and traveler traveling gear. The horse is off to the side. Zelda and Link are looking at Hyrule Castle again. She's looking at the Sheikah Slate, talking how there are reports of Varuta is no longer working. Uh, we should go investigate and check it out. Back to her cheery, scholarly self that we all know and love, frog girlfriend. And then she starts thinking, oh, Mifa, you know, the least we can do is offer her father, you know, some closure and we can tell her a bit more about her. And then she's like, all right, let's go. And Link is just, you know, like we talked before, Link's a very good listener and he really likes Zelda. And so he's listening strongly to what she has to say. And Zelda's like, all right, let's go. She walks back to her horses and she's looking away from Link again in a similar fashion to the Do You Remember Me cutscene. And she says along the lines of, you know, um, I can no longer hear the voice inside the sword. And it would make sense if my power had dwindled over these years. And she turns around and she's like, you know, I like I'm okay with that. I I don't I don't mind. I don't mind if my power is dwindled. And then the music starts playing, and Zelda gets this big, you know, this big awkward kind of you know, nervous. It's a bit. It's a bit awkward looking, but it's cute. It's very endearing. Smile, and the link runs. You know, does a little half jog to join her, and they go on their way. And then we see the falling petals as the camera pans out of the silent princesses, which, as we learned from Bolson, if you do the Terrytown side quest, that the falling petals symbolizes eternal love, 
and you can see the eternal love these two have for each other. The petals are raining, and the game ends, and that's it. And then you're done, done with Breath of the Wild, and and we're done, done. <gasps> that's it. Oh my gosh, that last cutscene made me like really um like interested in what what they'll do for Breath of the Wild too. Yeah, um, it is good. So. I always, I always thought like the, I thought, and, maybe, and I always thought like, oh, maybe I'm a bit clever for noticing this. Oh, Varuta's not working because now that the spirits have, you know, now that the ghost of the champions can rest because their regrets, both in Link's fears and memories have been fulfilled, that there, there's no, there's no longer a pilot of the divine beast. Their spirits are gone, and that's why the divine beast. Aren't, that's why Varu, the reports of Varuta aren't working. That's what I always mm -hmm. interpreted that to be. And it, and I like that too because it's like Link and Zelda get their peace, and by that, at least how I interpret it, Mifa too gets her peace. She can now just rest. And yeah, that's it. We're done, though. We we finished this. We did the. We talked about the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild for too long. We did it? <laughs> it? It has been quite some time. <laughs> We've talked yeah. about this game for far too long. Yes. What do you think? How do you guys feel? I enjoyed every bit of it. Oh my god. I I, I mean, literally, I remember at the start of this, I I wasn't a Zelda fan. <laughs> what would you say you are now? Uh a new fan. Oh. I've I mean, in the process of making this entire podcast over the last couple of months, I've played yes. Breath of the Wild, Link to the Past. Uh poked at the first legend of zelda and i'm currently playing through link's awakening you're about halfway i think or at least getting there i'm getting there i'm getting i'm like i'm like just about halfway through it before, um, we, before we wrap up any last like thoughts ideas and then you know we have a we have an email question to talk about and then i'm going to talk about the future of the podcast yeah i think we have to do a bit of a wrap up yeah yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, give you guys, you know, give your give your thoughts, give your thoughts now. Like, talk. What is what's on what's on your mind? Uh, okay, well, it's still related to Calamity Ganon. Yeah, <laughs> um, sure. Just looking at the forms, it's what what really caught my eye was the forms that it took. Um, the first half, like the shape of that, like spider or wasp. I don't know. And then the second, you know, when you're on your horse, um, he takes the shape of like a bull or whatever animal and just going back to what like dylan said kind of like the manifestation of two primal beings um the first i guess representing what zelda was trying to fight off hmm. um using her power and then the second one kind of challenging um link's strength and courage um so i feel like that that's what really caught my eye and i'm wondering what's going to be how this will kind of interpret into breath of the wild too and kind of what we'll be seeing then since Ganon is essentially underneath, right? As um, far as we know, he's underneath something, whether it's so, castle or wherever. Yeah, so that's, I guess that's what I just um, connected <laughs> with those two. I'm like, hmm, I wonder, you know, how these two be like forms, um, you know, represent, I guess, like the power of these two, Zelda and Link. Um, so, yeah, that's all. Ange, anything you want to say? Um, it was the first 
Zelda game that I played really, like, I don't count, like, the two hours of Ocarina of Time that I played, like, eight years that ago. That everybody played <laughs> eight years ago. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I don't know. I think the amount of time that we've spent deep diving and analyzing into this game is going to help me appreciate some of the older games in a way that I probably wouldn't have if not for this podcast. So I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have cared about the other games if I hadn't played this first. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, Yeah, I tried, I played, I played an hour of twilight princess. I played an hour of Ocarina of time. I played an hour of wind waker, you know, and I didn't never got into it, but now I'm invested in the story. I'm interested in the themes and concepts. Same. So, I have a few things just from the creating a champions book talking about Calamity Ganon. Also, I think in a way it agrees with what we were saying. The Calamity Ganon description is this is the form Ganon has taken since Princess Zelda contained its power within Hyrule Castle. Calamity Ganon's corporeal form is sealed inside, but its evil is so strong that it has manifested a spirit body formed of coalesced malice and hatred. That writhes around the castle. Though it has no physical presence, this awful sight reveals just how potent Ganon's power, or Ganon's evil really is. I like how it's not necessarily power. It's evil. Evil is the power, not not power being power. And then in the book, you know, we get to see Ganon's cocoon, like the the close-up design. It's a lot of cool stuff. Um at least for you guys, you know, I can send you guys pictures if you want to see. And then I think I had something else on 91. Did I have anything? No, I did not. Yeah, just to wrap up, um, let's talk, let's talk about this email question. The email yeah. question is good. Oh, it's not something question. I really have addressed diligently yet. And I'm not sure if this person would like to remain anonymous, but I will anonymize them. <laughs> anyway, and they ask, I would like to see you talk about the music production for the game. Oh, yes. Dylan! Sorry. <sighs> That's it. Two hours in the gulag. I would <laughs> like to see you talk about the music production for the game and how seamlessly it moves from area to area and how the Guardian battle music just makes you jump. It doesn't have to be too long, but I would just love to hear you guys talk about the music of Hyrule. Oh. Gosh, the music, man. I gush oh, about God. the music of Hyrule. Breath we we could have a whole episode about the music. We literally could. <laughs> some disgust. And you know what? Maybe we will. But right now, let's talk about it. Breath of the Wild has some amazing music. It has bangers and it has... Yes. It knows... The, the music of Breath of the Wild can read the room. It knows when you're sad. It knows when you're curious. It knows when you're in danger. It knows when you're panicking. It knows when you're feeling invigorated with courage and and, and wisdom and power, and the trust, and the friendships you made along the way to go save the day. The game knows that. The game can almost perfectly tell what you're thinking, what you're feeling. When you start the open, the opening alone is enough indication of how well the music plays. When you walk out of yeah. the Shrine of Resurrection, you're, yeah. and you're blinded, and you see the whole Hyrule Castle, and the, fe- and the feelings and emotions that get picked at with the main theme are, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, temple of, the Temple of Time theme is the same Temple of Time theme, just slowed down, just so you can only hear remnants of it in the way where the Temple of Time itself is nothing, just a relic or, 
or a remnant. So the first time you hear the Guardian theme, even real quick, yeah. villain, scared the shit out of me. Yeah, it is a complete subversion of your expectations how the music is already supposed to be and you hear the piano come in absolutely relentless just berating you da, 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 and then you get the, the laser beam on you and you're like oh fuck what is it i you don't know what's what that happened but you know that you're in immediate danger yeah there 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 are two kind of i i listen to video game soundtracks almost exclusively <laughs> I don't I don't listen to other music. This is literally like I listen to TV, movie and video game soundtracks. That's that's my that's the genre of music that I like. It's good music. It's good writing um, music. It's good, good writing music. Most music. of it's instrumental. Um but yeah, no, so out of the good soundtracks that I've listened to, and Breath of the Wild is is one of the better ones. Uh they they both there there are two kind of main types. There are, there are types that let you feel what you want in a given moment. And this is especially for open world games. There are types of soundtracks that are simply neutral, but somehow emotional uh, backdrops to what you're doing. Uh, and a great example of this is Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Mm-hmm. The, the soundtrack in that game is very neutral. And can invoke a lot of emotions depending on how you're experiencing the game. Uh, and while I think that type of soundtrack would have worked really well for Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild has a more traditional Zelda soundtrack in that it's designed to make you feel certain things in certain situations. And it does so masterfully because it doesn't always berate you with constant musical themes. It's it not- has... It has very distinct moments where it says, this is what you should be feeling at this moment. Um, and some people might think that being led by the hand in that way is, is, is a bad thing, but I personally don't think so. Like you said, the feeling that you get when you see a guardian because of the music is amplified immediately. Mm-hmm. There's a sense the first time you see a guardian that you're like, well, Oh shit, what is that? It almost has the same feeling to it as the alerted music does from Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. <laughs> like like there's that sense of I'm spotted by something that wants to hurt me. <laughs> you just you know it's it's a great audio cue for that you're in danger. It's a great it's a great way of uh, setting the atmosphere and tones of the game in its locations. Yeah, and and as we said, the whole game soundtrack does this. And this is just the general. And this is just the general world. Then you have the specific. You know, you have you have like almost like the two types. You have the general world music, and then you have the specific certain regions. Yeah, so like town themes, attack, attack on, you know, the divine beast themes, the Hyrule Castle theme, and the Zora's Domain theme is just another masterfully done rendition of the Zora's classic Zora's domain music that's been in since Ocarina of Time to my knowledge. Hateno Village in Kakariko Village. Kakariko Village being much less Western, Westernly designed than previous interpretations has music that really fits the theme. And a lot of people don't love this song. And I didn't initially love it, but it is a, it is a song and a theme that has grown on me and I absolutely love it. It, it calms me. It's so relaxing. It's really soothing and beautiful. 
the Taino Village theme really makes you feel like you're at home. It yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> undertones, and that's where Link's home is. The Rito Village theme is a masterfully done rendition so of good. the Dragon Roost Island theme from Wind Waker. And if you're if you're quick to remember, if you if you take time to listen and you start to hear it and it invokes those memories of your time while playing the Wind Waker, you're immediately given another emotional connection. The Gerudo Town theme has a it's it's a bit weaker because sometimes it falls in the tropes of oh there's a desert place in this in this uh world let's use the same the same sort of instruments but they make up for it with Urbosa's theme the attack on Vanaboris theme the divine beasts themselves have music when you first encounter them that is very intense with Morse code SOS beeps placed hit, hidden at different at different speeds within within the game. You have the mm-hmm. champions theme, which are some of the best songs in the game, which which Rivali's theme is almost almost single handedly redeems the character Rivali because so of how good. how beautiful and emotional the piece is. The Hyrule Castle theme, it really sets the tone that you're in the last place and it's and it's uh, a reinterpretation of the other classic themes, Zelda's Lullaby Ballad of the Windfish, Ganondorf's theme, Hyrule Castle, and the and you can really see the love they put into this game by how well woven these themes are, and the Dark Beast Ganon theme being an amalgamation of the different themes as well, and that for me is the best song in the game. It's absolutely amazing. And to the people that say, oh, I don't like Breath of the Wild, doesn't have the same, you know, doesn't doesn't have the same bops that you know, like you know, like Hyrule Field and Twilight Princess. The writing music in Breath of the Wild is amazing. You just have to take the time to listen to it. You're probably distracted by something else to to make a conscious effort. But re-listen to the soundtrack, and I guarantee you will fall just as in love with it as you did the first time you saw uh, Darunia start dancing to Saria's song. Oh, God. <laughs> you, will, you will fall in love with it the same way. I'm so certain of it. And now let's talk about Nehru's wisdom going forward. So this is the last episode of Breath of the Wild, which you know I will put as like season one, but it is not the last episode of Nehru's wisdom. After this, uh, we will take a month break, and then we're gonna start a new Zelda game. And the next game we'll, we will be doing is Ocarina of Time. And there's good news and bad news. The good news is we're continuing, and there's gonna be a new cast member. The bad news is, some of our old cast members are not going to return for that mainline series. However, there will be bonus episodes where they will come back. And the Nehru's Wisdom family in terms of the cast is just going to grow. And they will return in different episodes for different games. And the, But we will like additionally have new personalities coming to the show as well. And it's going to be very exciting. And I hope you guys will be just as excited to, to listen to it. Anything else you guys want to say before we close for the last time as the first the first group here, the first cast? Korok um, Caesar. Oh, God. No. Okay, at least, at least <laughs> at the end so I can censor this. Thank you, Dylan, for being respectful. I appreciate um, that. Thanks for putting me on to Breath of the Wild. Um, I <laughs> wouldn't have, you know, I would have never thought I would have enjoyed a game as much as I did. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, the little bits and pieces that um are in the game the further that we you know talked on here um it you know 
it gave me a greater perspective on playing the game as well as you know thank you to the listeners for listening and uh engaging i think it's yeah really nice i mean your feedback and comments so. yeah the listeners are really they're really uh giving us a lot more love than i thought we would get for this sort of project for sure um and I, that's not to sound ungrateful it's it's like it's it's like eternally grateful you know mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know we do it because it's fun but it doesn't mean that your support and listening and the interaction we have with you guys doesn't make it 10 times more fun it, you guys it, you just guys you, you guys make the experience 10 times better yeah and we we love the questions we love the the interaction as much as we can get um and it's really part of what we wanted to do making this was to to create a space for conversation about you know these games that a lot of people put a lot of work and love into and don't worry Dylan, Ange, and Wendy will be back in different ways. We'll have we have ideas for bonus episodes coming up. I will still be here, unfortunately, as the head oh my God. <laughs> much to maybe all of your dismay. I will be just as prominent as a, of a presence as Ganon Ganondorf is to oh. the Zelda universe as I will be here. Wind Waker but Ganon? All the Ganons. <laughs> Whoa. Hopefully won't get stabbed in the head. Spoilers. Um but yeah, thanks for coming along with us on this journey. We will keep you updated. Look forward to more things coming. We will go, we'll have a new castmate. And it's just going to be exciting. And I hope you guys stick along with us. Thank you for the questions. Keep sending in the questions. We'll use them for the bonus episodes. And I guess this is it. This is goodbye. Yeah, this is the end of, yeah. of Breath of the Wild. Now I can finally put this game away and just play my happy 2D Zelda games. <laughs> Alright everyone, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.